we're talking about wisdom here. Tell us some wisdom on how to grow a better beard. Just don't listen to your wife. Don't listen to your wife. Keep growing it, guys. You can do it. Ozzy, you have a great beard. Let's be honest. Thank you. Give some tips of wisdom to people, all those guys out there trying to grow a great beard. Uh, you just got to wake up every morning and push really hard. <laughs> I don't know how that would work for me, but I've been trying. Do you know what wisdom is? It's like something that is like a spirit for God. Which... Okay, a spirit for God. Okay. What's, what's something wise that your dad's ever told you? Like, hey, you need to do this. I'm reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. He's like, good girls, good answer. It's just like we practice. You look wise. Why do you look so wise? I think it has to do with the early onset graying of my beard. Okay. Are you dying it yourself? No, I'm just dying naturally. <laughs> my name is Elijah, what's your name? Rocky Gray. Rocky Gray, what a name, that is the name. What's the wisest thing anyone's ever told you? Uh, just be humble about things. Live your life like you're supposed to, trusting God. Rocky knows. All right, this is a serious one. All right, you look wise. How did you look? How do you get to looking so wise? It's everything that I am is because of the Lord. Oh my goodness, man! Rocky's hitting me hard still. I don't know. What a guy. Hey everybody! All of you watching online, all of our campuses, all of us here at Frisco East. Can I just say Happy Father's Day? Can we give it up for the fathers all over our church? We love you. Man, great stuff. As well, uh, yesterday we, we celebrated a new national holiday, Juneteenth, which in 1863, I, I think one of the greatest presidents to ever govern our land, Abraham Lincoln, signed the Emancipation Proclamation in which freed all slaves. Two years later, that was 1863 and 1865, June 19th, in Galveston, Texas, by the way, slaves heard for the first time that they were free. And how many thank God for Abraham Lincoln for the Emancipation Proclamation that everyone deserves to be free. And, and, you know, we got a long way to go, but that was a great, great start. Today, very excited about the series we're in called Wisdom. It's a summer series, and we're dealing with wisdom. We're going through Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the book of Job in in a highlight reel, not like deep down in every verse. And uh, over the last few weeks, here's where we've been. Week one, we talked about pursuing wisdom. Last week, Brock did a great job talking about people-focused wisdom. Today, I want to talk about words of wisdom. Now, I think all of us communicate differently. Many of us, uh, we like our voice to be heard, right? Uh, We all know that. We hear you all the time, social media, whatever, the kind of person who just wants to make their case, wants to make their voice heard, and there are others of us who are a little more uh, subdued, but yet um, when the occasion rises and we have suppressed our anger for years, then we lash out, right? We all communicate in different ways, and today I want to talk about the power of words. As fathers, we have the unique responsibility and opportunity to speak words of wisdom, words of life to our family, even our grown kids, our grandkids. We have the unique uh, position, influence, to empower those around us. 
This message is not just for fathers, it's for everyone, obviously. But today, as we remember and celebrate the fathers, I think it's important for us to take a minute and, and realize the importance of how we speak and the words that we use as fathers, as well as whatever and whoever you are. Um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, the tongue can bring death or life. We can speak words that are negative or we can speak words that are positive. We can speak words that bring life to people and, and encourage their hearts or we can speak death. We can speak words of negative, words of, of judgment, words of, of, uh, of meanness and crushed spirits. I've had words spoken over me. My dad, who passed away this past February, um, did not have a father that did those things for him. His dad left at an early age, and in those days that was kind of unheard of, but left at an early age. He had five or six wives, maybe more, we don't, we're not sure. Um, my dad didn't have that dad who spoke over him. My dad grew up in a very, very poor home at the age of 13 or 14, helping to provide for his family. And it was not an easy road. But yet in my life, in the years that I had my dad, in the 54 years that I got to spend with my dad, I heard words of life. I heard words like, I love you, son, over and over and over again. I heard words like, I am so proud of you. I had a good dad. Many of you had good dads. Some of you, maybe not so much. Maybe it's been a challenge. A lot of us have heard words from maybe a stepmom or a stepdad or a dad or a mom or a brother or a sister or a stepsister or a stepbrother, uh, a coach, a teacher, a pastor, a priest, a spouse, a friend that have spoken such wounds over us. I mean, we still to this day remember words. Like I remember my dad's words of life. I also remember some words spoken over me that were, that were hurt. And they pierced like an arrow. My cousin, I've told you this story, I was adopted when I was three days old. And so obviously with the extended family, I'm not blood. I'm just accepted, right? And, and hopefully. But my older cousin said to a, another cousin, I was around the corner, he didn't know I was there, he says, hey, you're my favorite cousin because you're blood. I remember those words, and I remember the piercing, the hurtfulness of those words. I have never forgotten them. Now, I've forgiven them, totally. I hope I have, but I've never forgotten those words, and many of you have had words, both positive and negative, spoken over you, and you remember them. You remember how it feels or how it felt. So in this message today, I want to, as we're in Proverbs, we're going to look at a ton of scriptures in Proverbs, but I want to start in James and lay the foundation for just how hard it is to speak words of life. James chapter 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. 
In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. James lays the foundation of just how hard it is to speak those words of life. Just how hard it is to to refrain from loose words. Proverbs 13.3 says it like this, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. How many have ever been in family gathering, everything's going well, and then one person says one thing and it just, the air goes out of the room and it's like, wow, what happened? Words. It's, It's so incredibly interesting that we can tame dolphins and we can tame uh, grizzly bears and even lions or tigers, sort of, but taming the tongue, almost impossible. It's set on hell, it's set on fire from hell itself. So what do we do? Well, um, I've taught on Proverbs probably 10 times or so in the last 21 years. And for the last three of those, and this would be the fourth, uh, when we get to communication or words or you know, whatever we called it, I have used this acrostic, which I'm going to use again. Think. And each letter is going to stand for something different. But on this day, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to not let your mind wander and not let your, um, you know, eyes rest. Don't go to sleep, in other words. And pay attention to Scripture, not just me, but what I'm saying, but pay attention to Scripture. And, and I think it's important for us, as we've heard from James, we've heard from Proverbs, that, that words can ruin everything, that our tongues are on fire from hell and full of wickedness and deadly poison. However, it doesn't stop us from endeavoring to honor God with our words and to honor people with our words. That's our task. And so today, to help us kind of remember some of those things is this acrostic, think. T stands for take a minute. I don't know if you've ever crafted an email, a text, and then waited for a day before you sent it, and then you woke up the next day and you were like, oh, I'm glad I didn't send that. Now, some of you have sent those emails. I have received them. (laughs) It's okay. Um, I think it would be so incredibly wise of us 
to take a minute to pray, actually, over our words before we send that email or that text or say those words in a meeting. It's so incredibly important to just wait because all of us are emotional. All of us have uh, different levels of emotion, and some of us run angry, some of us run excited, some of us run uh, steady, some of us run not so steady, some of us are up and down with our I mean, it's all kinds of people, but we're all emotional. And in the heat of an emotional moment, we can say things with our mouth that we can never take back. And so what James or what Proverbs Solomon written 2,900 years ago or so, is so applicable today. Proverbs 29.20 says it this way, there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. And this is this this whole idea of, of, of thinking before we speak. Take a minute. Take a day. Take a week before you just open your mouth. Proverbs 10.19 says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. This might be a word for you today. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. So true. 17, 28, Proverbs, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. I mean, this is comical, but it's true, and it was written so long ago, but it's all a part of this whole words of wisdom thing in which we just take a minute and we think. A few things that I want to put on the screen. First, think about the consequences of what you might say. Some of us have been let go of a job because of our words. Because we could not control our words, we were let go. Some of us in our marriages have suffered greatly because we didn't think about the consequences of what we're going to say. Some of our children have been wounded severely because of not taking a minute and thinking about the consequences of what we're saying. The next thing is think about how this might hurt the other person. Many of us have been on the receiving end of hurtful words, negative words, unfair words, judgmental words, And we know how that stings. We know how that hurts. We know how that feels. But yet, we're we're so easy to dish it, but sometimes reluctant to take it. Think about how it just might hurt someone else unnecessarily. And, And then think about this. Think about, is it worth saying it like you're feeling it? And this is all a part of just, okay, taking a minute, take a breath, Say a prayer and say, God, would you give me wisdom right now in my words and how I choose them? Because I know right now I am highly irritated. I'm very angry. And the list goes on. And what if we just all just took a minute before we posted that social media post, before we sent that text or email, before we made that phone call, before we scheduled that meeting, and just took a minute, prayed and said, God, help me, to, help me to speak words of life. Help me to speak words of life. Take a minute. Letter H, 
is, is honesty. It's important when we communicate that we're communicating honestly. Proverbs 25, 18 says, telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe or wounding them with a sword or, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Chapter 6 of Proverbs says it this way, there are six things the Lord hates. No, seven. He detests haughty eyes, a lying tongue. How many of you know people who are just exaggerators? Every time they tell a story, you know it's probably half true at best. Fishing stories, you know, financial things. I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, anything that comes out of the mouth, you're like, well, that's probably about a quarter true. It's a lying tongue. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Now, let me take from this scripture a few things that I think are important about honesty. And the first one is, honesty without love is like a clinging symbol, annoying and unhelpful. I mean, it's easy to just speak something negative to somebody in honest, and, and what you're saying is true, but it's hurtful the way you're saying it. It's, it's annoying at, at best the way you're saying it. It's like if I went and grabbed one of those symbols back there, and the whole time I'm talking, I just take a stick, and I just bang, bang. Bang. How many, how many would probably get up and walk out? That's annoying. That's your words of honesty without love. I was in a staff meeting, about six of us, this was years ago, Aubrey McGowan. Any, I don't know if you remember Aubrey. He was our worship leader for like 10 years. Uh, everybody, if you know Aubrey, it's, it's like Jesus. I mean, everybody loves Aubrey. He's, he's sickening. But we were in a staff meeting, about six people, and uh, we were watching a, a, a video of another pastor. He was communicating something. We were just walk, watching. And as soon as he came on the video, I, I started laughing. I was like, man, look at those boots. This guy had like army boots up to here, and his jeans tucked in him. And, and, and you know, he's older than me. And I was like, man, what's he trying to do? And I was just being smart. I was being, um, I was being not so nice, right? And we go through the staff meeting, and at the end, by ourselves, Aubrey said, hey, you know, I was disappointed. And it's seriously, it's like Jesus saying, I'm disappointed in you. I was like, what? what? He's like, man, why? you didn't have to say that about so-and-so. And I let him go after that. I, no, I'm kidding. I didn't let him go. <laughs> I didn't let him go. I sat there in conviction because Wounds from a friend are good when they're, when they're done in love. Honesty without love is, 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 is so annoying, but when somebody does it in love and it's right, and you know it's right because they're being honest, but they do it in such love, it brings the best out in you. The next is use wisdom in being honest. It's not just what we say, but how we say it. Isn't that true? It's not that we don't mind being criticized or, or being helped, but it, it just, it's sometimes the way in which it's spoken to us. Now, conversely, along with the scripture that we just read, sincere wounds, when you say nothing when you should, it hurts more than being honest from the beginning. So, so my point here is in this is, hey, not be honest, not refrain from being truthful, but doing it in the right spirit. 
being honest with your spouse, being honest with your kids in the right spirit makes all the difference in the world. Letter T is take a minute. Letter H is just be honest, but be careful in your honesty. Letter I, the most important one probably of the day, is inspect your heart. Proverbs 16, 21, the wise in heart are called discerning and pleasant words promote instruction. Jesus in Matthew 15 says it this way, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. You understand what I'm saying? Words from the heart, that's what defiles you because from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, and all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. What, what's so important here is what Jesus is saying, hey, it's not just the words that are sinful, but it's your heart. It's, it's the heart that, that you have developed because it, this old saying is true. Hurt people hurt people. And when you haven't taken care of the wounds in your heart, you speak wounds to other people. Or you cause wounds to other people. See, because you haven't taken care and inspected your own heart, as Jesus says, hey, listen, man, if, you don't, if you're not careful and inspect your heart, because that's where the evil comes from, that's where the words of, of wickedness and slander and gossip, that's where they come from. It comes from a bad heart. And it's not that you're a bad person. It's just that you haven't aligned your heart with the Father. Because when you align your heart with the Father, Words of life are going to be more predominant than words of death. But when you're a few degrees off, not a, again, you're not a bad person. It's just you haven't, you haven't got your heart right. You haven't dealt with some of the hurt that's been caused in your life. And so you spout venom and negative and words of death. Make a move today and, and get your heart right. Because out of a Great heart comes great words. Out of a great heart comes a great life. But when you don't deal with some of the hurt and some of the pain and some of the wounds in your own heart, you cause them, you cause many in others. So that's why we have regeneration. Every Monday night, 6:30 p.m., right here at the East Campus. It's not just for people who have substance abuse. It's for all of us who, who have wounds from our father, wounds from our mother, wounds from our brother, our sister, and our hearts are just not aligned. We're little degrees off, maybe a few, and, and, and we, can't, we just can't line up. We can't. These words that I'm saying today, you're not even hearing. The words that I'm saying right now, you're not even, it's like, I'm, I don't, I'm, he's not talking about me, I'm good. You don't even know. You're out of alignment with the Father and, and, and you speak those words over people as if it was nothing. And you have no idea how much hurt you've caused people. We have caused people because we haven't aligned our hearts, inspected our hearts, and aligned them with the Father. Letter N is no gossip. Now this is a no-brainer. I know we all know this, but some of us are still in spiritual middle school. Right? And, and we are gossipers. Let me read a few passages. Proverbs 20, 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. 
16, chapter 16, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. I've had two good friends tell me things about people that I didn't know before that I took notice of. So they were exclusive. They were two different sets of things going on. And each of us had a mutual friend. And they told me something negative, something about somebody else that I didn't know before. The first thought that I had And I'll be honest, the first thought that I had was, ooh, note to self, I'm never going to tell you anything. Does it make sense what I'm saying? They're not a bad person. I just thought, well, I'm never going to tell you if I struggle with something. Never going to tell you a thing because you're going to tell somebody else because you can't keep your mouth shut. This is so important. Let Let me put on the screen like this. Gossip is birthed out of insecurity, jealousy, and immaturity. Now, this is true about me. It's true about you. My comments to that pastor on the screen were birthed out of insecurity. Jealousy, and I don't have, I don't have the guts to wear those kind of boots. I really want to, but and I'm kidding, I don't. But I don't because I want you to like me, right? I dress relatively normal. Because I'm not the kind of guy that's, I'm not the trendsetter, I can tell you that right now. I'm not going to wear bell bottoms next week to try to, you know, set a trend. I'm going to let you do it first and for a year, and then I'll do it. It's birthed out of maybe insecurity, whatever, but this is what happens in gossip. It's just birthed out of one of these things. You're either insecure, you're immature, or you're jealous of somebody. Now, here's the rest of the quote that I want, to, want you to get. Grow up and learn to keep a secret. Just be, listen, just because you know something doesn't give you the right to say it. Just because you know something about somebody else does not give you the right to betray a confidence. So, my point here is not to be mean. My point is just that hurts people. And let me tell you something, it hurts you and me. When I gossip about somebody else and I, and I realize it, in the, it, it after, I mean, I'm so mad at myself. I'm like, why did I say that? Why did I allow that to come out of my mouth? It's none of my business. Instead, Instead of saying something, and and we do this, we disguise gossip in in so many ways. Hey, I want you to pray about something. (laughs) When somebody says to me, I'm like, really? Okay, what's that? Because I know probably what's getting, you know, 50% of the time what's coming out is gossip. Hey, you know, so-and-so, you need to pray about them. Prayer meetings, Bible studies. Hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. Their marriage. Oh, if you just only knew. And it's like, whoa. Does Does it make sense to you? This is why people in church get hurt. Because other people share things that they shouldn't share because they can't keep a secret because they're immature, jealous, or insecure. Let's grow up. Let's get out of middle school spiritually. And let's learn to keep a secret. Let's learn. Now, I understand this. It's easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. But let's grow up and let's do it. I mean, this is part of words of wisdom. And I know this is hard, right? It's John. I brought my father today. He's never been in church before. Welcome. Welcome. 
kick butt and take names here. All right, letter K. Kindness. Kindness. Now, this is important. Kindness. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. This is an important one. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. How many know this to be true? I've tried it both ways. Not not like an experiment, but just in my sinfulness. I have tried lashing back when somebody lashes at me. And I've tried a gentle answer. Can I tell you that almost 100% of the time, a gentle answer always wins? Always. I received, and I received many emails last year, and I joke about emails, but they're fine. It, it's mostly, mostly all good. Some, sometimes there are some challenging ones. But last year was a really challenging year regarding emails. You had the height of political things going on height of racial things going on, the height of COVID, and, you know, the politics involved in that. Anyway, I, I got received an email from somebody, I can't remember his name, I didn't know him, but said he'd been in our church for years and was so disappointed leaving the church because I cannot, and he listed a bunch of things, right? It was, I mean, highly emotional email, and I'll be honest, after I read that thing, I wanted to type back, hey, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord, yeah, I wanted to send that email back and just say, really? Are you, are you kidding me? Because what he said was totally wrong. Well, misunderstood, let me say it that way. But I waited, I waited. Because, you know, how, after so many things that are negative that, that happen, how many sometimes you, you're fed up and you're just like, well, I don't care. And somebody gets the brunt of, of that. And, and it's like, wow, that was hard. I wanted to, after a series of criticisms that were coming my way, and, and I know you receive criticisms. Anybody who leads is going to receive criticism. But last year was a crazy one. And, and I wanted to say, you kidding me? But I took, I took a minute. Actually, I took a few days. And I said, Lord, um, man, I felt my anger rise. I felt my anger last year at a level that I had not faced in a long, long time. And I'll be, I'm just being honest as a pastor. I was like, these sheep need a beating <laughs> or need a shearing. Let me say it that way. Please don't send me an email about that. I was just kidding. <laughs> but you know what? I waited, and I sent a gentle answer. I humbled myself, and I, now I don't always do this. I've done the other side way too many times. But in this instance, I humbled myself, and I said, hey, listen, I think you've misunderstood. And I was honest with him. I said, here's where I am. Here's what I believe. You ask me, I'll tell you. But sometimes I'm not going to tell everybody in, in the whole thing because it's not wise. That's not why I'm here. I'm here for one thing. That's to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move to the center of his will for their life. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. I just sent back an, a, a nice email, as nice as I could. And you know what he sent back? He said, wow. Thank you for, first of all, returning my email. 
Secondly, thank you for clarifying. I sent that email in, on a Sunday afternoon right after church, and I was angry. I was emotional. I'm sorry that I did that. A gentle answer can turn away wrath. What if, what if I would have said, hey, bucko, do you, you understand what I'm saying? I've done that before. I have done that before, and it's never good. I feel terrible. They never come back to church, and then they have a little scar about church because the pastor was, you know, being honest but not in love, right? And I am so glad in that instance. I don't always do it, but what if we were kind in our responses rather than angry? Proverbs 15.4 says, Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 16.24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says it like this, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you do and say be good. And Everything, not most things, not some things. Everything we say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let everything we say, this is the whole point, that we would think about what we say, about how we say it, about when we say it. And what do you think? If we just took a minute and prayed before we talked, how many think we might be a little more wise with our words? A little less emotional, a little less angry, you know, I mean, I read, I was uh, watching the news uh, Friday, and just a report, special report about the road rage in Dallas. I mean, April, May, June, record numbers of people being killed on the highway because of rage. Wow. Whoa, what is going on? A lot of anger, a lot of pent-up stuff going on because of whatever is going on. And I'm just telling you, a lot of us are like that with our words. We are wicked, deadly with our words. And I'm just here, hey, what if we, what if we weren't? What if we did our best to train this animal? Train and, 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 and stop for a minute and think. Think about how we're saying stuff and about what we're saying. About keeping our mouth shut when it goes against our personality. What if we just think before we speak? Think before we speak. T-H-I-N-K. Think. I hope you took notes. Not because it's me, but I, this is so helpful to me. And I believe if you really let it sink in, it's going to be helpful to you. But many of us still sit here today, whatever campus you might be attending, maybe you're watching from home somewhere, but you are living with the wounds of someone else, what they spoke over you. You're living with the pain of death, so to speak. Those are words that he used just to describe the, the negative 
unhealthy, discouraging, judgmental words that some of us have heard all of our lives. And some of us right here, right now, we have sitting under that cloud and we have been most all of our life because of some, something somebody said to us. Well, I want you to just imagine for just a minute that you are before your heavenly Father. Just imagine right now, you're, you're before your heavenly Father and you know your mistakes, you know your sin, you know what you've done, you know what you've said, you know how inconsistent, how many mistakes you make. But you are standing before the Father right now. Today's Father's Day. And some of us, like me, had great fathers. Some of us, not so much. And some of us live with that as, as wounds. And, and so because we haven't inspected our heart, we, we sometimes use those, wound, those wounds as weapons. And I want you to hear something that the Father says to all of you. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Ephesians 3. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ through it is, though it is too great to understand fully. Listen to this. Then you will be made complete. See, when, when you get healing from Him, it may be too late for you and your father or you and your mother or you and somebody else. There may be nothing that you can do about the wounds that have been spoken over you or the words that have been spoken over you. You can't really do anything about that now. But you can, you can do something about what God says about you. And right now, in one moment, completion, a, a wholeness can happen in your heart that you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God because of His love for you. Imagine God just saying, I just wish you understood, John. I just wish you understood, Becky. I just wish you understood, Jason how wide and how high and how long and, and how deep my love is for you. This is a huge part of the gospel. For God so loved the world. Guys, let His healing flow through you this morning. Let, let those words of, and, and those words that wounded you back 20 years ago or 40 years ago or five years ago or last week, let those go to the side and receive the power of the love of God in your life. Because when, when, when you're aligned with Him, your heart flows with good. When you're not aligned with Him, our hearts struggle. It's not fair it's not right what was spoken over you. But are, are you going to be willing to align yourself with God? Forget what behind, what's behind you 
and receive His love today. Some of us needed this today. And I hope and I pray that as you receive the healing that only God can bring, that brings us to completion, to fullness of of love and life and power, that you and I would now think more clearly about the power of our words and how they affect others. Father, your word is sharp. Your word is cutting, but it's also so helpful. Many of us struggle with this. I struggle with this. It's hard to tame the tongue. It's hard to, to, to keep quiet when everything within me wants to say things that are not helpful, that are critical, judgmental, wrong, evil. Lord, I pray that the wounds that we've received from others and that have stuck with us to this day, I pray that, that they are able to, to, to feel, at least see in some way just how much you love us. And that when we receive that love and that healing, we can now speak it over others. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in our hearts, in our lives, and in our words, through our words as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.